Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at adces24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES Podcast The Huddle, conversations with the diabetes care team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, Research Manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. If you enjoy The Huddle, please take a minute to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Today, we're discussing the role supporters can play in quality care. Anne-Marie Rosland is an Associate Professor of Medicine and a Research Scientist at the VA Center for Health Equity Research and Promotion. She joins us to discuss her research on the impact supporters have on outcomes and well-being and shares evidence-based tips to incorporate supporters into your practice. Anne-Marie, welcome to the huddle. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we are so excited to have you, especially because, you know, we do so much talking around here, around the office at least, at ADCES, about the care team and the diabetes care and education specialist's role on the care team. And I've loved reading your work and learning a little bit more about your work because you talk about the supporters and they're really those, it sounds like they're the caregivers, but maybe people beyond caregivers or people that are around the people with diabetes. And I sometimes think that's the missing link or a piece that we don't talk about enough when we're talking about the care team. So maybe introduce yourself and maybe you could give an intro about what supporters are to our listeners. No, absolutely. I am a primary care physician for adults and a researcher based at the University of Pittsburgh and the VA, the Veterans Healthcare System. And in general, my work focuses on how adults with diabetes and other chronic health conditions can manage health conditions successfully and meet their health goals with the support that's right for them, whether that's from their healthcare providers or their family or their community. As you noted, I do a lot of work on how we can engage supporters for people with diabetes in their health and health care. So you asked, what is a supporter um, in this situation? So I define, in general, a supporter for people as a trusted family member or friend that you feel comfortable talking about health and diabetes with, who is willing to work with you or support you to improve diabetes health. Support persons can play an important role in the lives of people who are managing diabetes. This can mean something as simple as listening, just listening to the person with diabetes talk about their health, but supporters often help people with diabetes think through their plans to get healthier, encourage them, help them work on their health goals. Supporters can help people remember to take medications or organize their healthcare information. And when it comes to healthcare visits, supporters can help people bring up issues or ask questions during their appointments and figure out how to navigate the healthcare system. So I would say in general, a supporter is someone who is often the first stop for people with diabetes when they are trying to solve problems with their diabetes care. Especially navigating the health system. I think that's one of the trickiest parts. You're trying to manage your health and then you're like, oh my God, I've got this whole other thing on top of which is this health system that I have to navigate. 
And sometimes it's nice probably just to have a buddy or somebody there to help. And that brings me to how do you define or is it somebody beyond like a family member or a friend or who really are these supporters? For many adults with diabetes, it is common to have another person involved with their diabetes care. A lot of times that is a spouse, a partner. Um, That's the first person people often think of when we think about this idea. But it can be really anyone who you trust and feel comfortable talking about your health with. So often people will work with or talk to a sister or brother, an adult son or daughter or another family member. But really also I see neighbors, friends, people you go to church with. It can be really anyone who you feel comfortable with talking about your health. Fantastic. And it'd be great to see that person, you know, just integrated, you know, more broadly, like as part of the care team or recognized as part of the care team, right? I'd love to jump into your research because not only have you introduced this topic, you actually do research in this area and you write about it and you can share it that way. So maybe you can introduce your research and what did your research find or what were the outcomes or impact on health? You know, research has shown that people with diabetes get healthier and stay healthier when they have supportive family members or friends that get involved in their care. And a simple answer to your question is that a supporter can be someone you live with or someone you simply talk to regularly. These days with texting and video calls and online ways to share health information, it's easier and easier for a family member or a friend to get involved with supporting healthcare from a distance. So you talked about research there, which I find fascinating. I'd love to like jump into your work and the research you've done. I've read a little bit about the co-impact trial, and it's, it's fascinating because you're actually doing some of this research on supporters. So can you talk a little bit for a couple of minutes about what your research found or the impact on health? Yeah, our co-impact study, which we're just wrapping up now, was designed to develop and test a structured approach for supporters to get the information and also help build the confidence that they need to work with people with diabetes and their healthcare providers. We really wanted to empower supporters and patients to share information and work together. And in our prior research, patients and supporters told us what they wanted to feel more confident and what they thought would help them have more success in working together. So in Co-Impact, we try to give them those things. So the basis for our program was that patients chose someone, again, any adult family member or friend who they wanted to be involved in their care and with whom they agreed to share their personal diabetes information. We always use and teach the principle that the patient comes first and they are in charge. So in particular, we don't share any information with a supporter that we haven't already given to the patient, or at least given the patient a choice to hear first. So there were two types of information that we shared to help supporters feel more empowered to help. And really that can be broken down into two categories. We talked to them about what they could do And just as important, how best to do it. So first, I can explain a little bit about the what. You know, one thing supporters told us they needed was more information on the medications and the specific regimen that providers were recommending to the person with diabetes. You know, in other words, they didn't necessarily need more general information about diabetes because that is, you know, something that a lot of people can find out in the world. But they wanted information specifically about the diabetes care of the person they are supporting. So we gave the pair a summary or rundown of the patient's medications, their last hemoglobin A1C, their blood pressure, and upcoming tests like eye exams, and I've brought them up to speed on what's happening with the person they're supporting. 
We also gave supporters information about the patient's healthcare team, who's on it, how to reach them, what are common reasons to contact them. That way they can feel a little more comfortable if they and the patient are both stuck with an issue. They can remind the patient, hey, remember that nurse or that nutritionist that they said you could call? You know, what do you think about asking them about this? And the supporters also told us they wanted to become more familiar with things like glucometers, blood pressure monitors, uh, CGM, if people use that. So we helped introduce them to those. Now, I mentioned how to support. Uh, one thing that body research on support is becoming pretty clear on is that it doesn't just matter whether you have a supporter, but how they support you. And a health psychology term for the most effective way to support is called autonomy support. Essentially, this means that the person with diabetes is in charge. And our role is to support them in the ways they want so they feel more capable and confident to meet their goals and make healthcare decisions. Providers who you know, listen to this podcast are likely very familiar with this concept. We often call this empowerment approach, or these are approaches we use when we borrow motivational interviewing techniques, right? Um, research shows us that for both healthcare providers and supporters, if you use an autonomy supportive empowerment based approach that is most effective at helping the patient reach their goals and, you know, doing the opposite, which sometimes we inadvertently are tempted to do as supporters or, or providers being controlling paternalistic that often backfires and the person with diabetes can get discouraged or lose their sense of control or even become disengaged or give up. So in co-impact, we gave supporters some of these simple messages. Um, ask the person with diabetes what they want to work on and how they want you to support them in doing that. Um, avoid nagging, using guilt, offer information in a neutral way, suggest choices, ask questions, acknowledge the person's point of view, especially when something is challenging or stressful for them. And of course, just stay positive cheer the person on for any small efforts or changes they're making. The idea that people can always learn from any changes they try to make and use that to help them move along their path. So we share all that information with the supporters in our study. And I can tell you a little bit more about how we went about actually giving them all this information if you want. Yeah, I would love to hear. I mean, I think it's fascinating to hear like that you're transferring those ideas of you know, let the person control, let them manage, because that's not something that people who are really close, you know, we all want to help. We're like, let, let me help. Let me jump in and fix it. That, that's what you want to do as a, you know, person, that, especially if it's somebody that you really care about or love, you know. So it's just fascinating to hear that, like taking a step back and you're putting those tools in their hands to say, empower the person. I would love to hear, I mean, that's what our listeners, I'm sure, would love to hear. Like, so how do you take, you know, this body of research that you have and how do you integrate that into practice? That information I just listed sounds like a lot, but in our co-impact program, we packed most of this into an introductory meeting for the pair. They met with a health coach for about an hour to an hour and a half, and we gave them some layperson-friendly materials with this information and we had them make an initial plan for how they are often they would talk together about diabetes. And we designed this material that we used in the session to be something that a diabetes care specialist or other provider could use when they meet with patients and supporters or even weave into sessions of a class. And then after that session, we enrolled the pair in an automated monitoring system. So we adapted a system that was already available in our healthcare system which called patients with recorded questions and let them enter touch tone responses. 
But this type of system is sometimes also available via text or app. Ours was via phone. And the system asked patients about diabetes problems that we deemed actionable. So sugars that were trending high or low, medications causing a problem. And the system sent a summary with pre-programmed suggestions to the patient and the supporter. A lot of this monitoring and engagement of the supporter and helping them think about with the patient how to set goals and help was in our program automated. We still designed the system to support patient autonomy by asking the patient to rate whether any issues are important to them and then focusing on those. Uh, We reminded the supporter in our messages to use those empowerment or autonomy support techniques. And we left it up to the patient and supporter pair to decide, in most cases, whether they wanted to contact a healthcare provider or work on the issue themselves first. Um, We did have one final thing that the pairs did get from our health coaches. They got a call a few days before any primary care appointment that the patient had scheduled. And the coach helped the patient and the supporter generate a list of questions, like an agenda, for the visit and plan what information to bring from home. They talked through whether the supporter would participate in the visit and, if so, what the patient wanted their role to be. And we hoped that would help the pair learn how to prepare to be engaged in the healthcare visit and get the most out of it. With, again, the supporter being in a helping role and not getting in the patient's way. So I know that sounds like a lot. Uh, that our participants received. But the interesting thing is that it was mostly automated with the one initial meeting and then two or three phone calls from a coach over the one year that people were in the program. You know, it sounds like a lot, but I mean, it is a lot. I think we have to face that, you know. And I think what's genius that I hadn't thought about was this idea of of an agenda. I mean, somebody reaching out the day before And building this agenda, that it's something that you can all be on the same page when you're in the office instead of, I mean, I'm queen of making a list when I go in to see my physician. So I totally get that. But actually, an agenda, I think, right, is ideal. Just curious, because we were talking about apps and phone and, you know, technology and pushing that up. It just reminds me of this telehealth environment that we're in, you know, the COVID's really introduced. Has that helped how you've been able to integrate supporters into the system? Oh, absolutely. I mean, You know, there are ways to use all these techniques and tools without technology, but, you know, when we're meeting with people or having an old-fashioned class, um, it starts to feel old-fashioned, but the technology definitely helps. I mean, people have always found a way to reach out and be connected to each other over a distance, but with technology being much more commonly used and integrated in healthcare, it makes it easier than ever for a family member or friend to get involved, even when they couldn't come to an appointment or a meeting in person or even when they live across the country. You know, a good example is virtual healthcare, like video visits um, that are much more common these days and being offered to patients. And a lot of times patients want to take advantage of this, but they might feel a little intimidated by the technology. And a supporter who's tech savvy could help the person with diabetes access a video appointment, and they can even join in as a third party calling into the visit. And one other thing we see supporters doing is helping the person with diabetes share glucometer or CGM information over the internet with their healthcare provider. You know, whenever you talk about technology, people using technology and where we're at right now, it always makes me think future, right? I would just love to hear what are your next steps or what are you interested in studying or where do you think this research is going? Well, I think this is easy to answer because the future is really starting now. You know, the recognition of this important role that supporters play in care of diabetes is growing really rapidly 
And there are a lot of studies and programs and technologies and apps being developed around this idea by our team and by lots of other creative diabetes providers, like care providers and researchers. Um, so you're going to be hearing more and more about this very important aspect of care. Most importantly, the newest release of the Diabetes Self-Management Education and Support Standards of Care specifically calls for diabetes care providers to involve supporters in the assessment and education and care of adults with diabetes. So I think it is going to quickly become widespread that diabetes care providers will recognize the importance of supporters and make specific efforts to include them as allies in their care for patients. So I think the trick then for everyone is how exactly to do that. So that's where we hope the lessons learned from our research comes in. And specifically, I'm really hoping to mention our toolkit. We have made a toolkit, I'm very excited to share, that is designed to guide people with diabetes and their healthcare providers in doing a lot of these um, things with supporters and hopefully making it easier. So basically, we took all of our materials from the Co-Impact program and we broke them into bite-sized pieces for patients and supporters or healthcare professionals to use. And we put them on a website where they can be viewed and downloaded. It includes worksheets that we used for summarizing patient information for supporters and even our entire handbook, which has those tips on you know, how to be an empowering autonomy supportive supporter. And we include ideas on different ways to use the materials and the different settings they could be used in. And those ideas came directly from the health coaches who use the materials with the participants in our study. I think if I was going to say one other thing about the future, I think in the near future, we're going to have a wealth of information to share from some other ongoing studies that we're doing um, that compare how diabetes classes and education sessions that specifically engage supporters compare to more traditional individually focused diabetes education. So in that ongoing study called FAM-ACT or Families Taking Action for Health, we are in the middle of comparing those two modes of delivering diabetes education and support and seeing exactly in what ways involving the supporter in that enhances the patient experience and outcomes. And finally, you know, in FAM-ACT, which is happening right now and over the past year, you know, we really had to pivot to providing our sessions via group video calls during the pandemic. So in my crystal ball, I see a lot of parts of diabetes care and education and support shifting more to virtual modes. And in turn, I think that trend provides us with a lot more opportunities and options for engaging supporters in the diabetes care that we provide. Well, totally appreciate you sharing everything and all of your resources too. And I think we can put these in the show notes so people that are listening or watching, they can find them in the show notes. And Anne-Marie, I just want to say you know, you've done incredible work in this area, you know, really looking at the care team. We're going to see a lot more from you going forward. So I'm really excited I had the chance to talk to you. I'm really excited that you came here to share. And I would love the opportunity to talk with you more in the future, as I know your research program is going to continue to grow. Now that's great. Hopefully some of these resources can be useful to people. And yes, I would be really excited to come back and tell you more about what we find in the future. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Today we heard from Anne-Marie Rosland and her research on the impact supporters can have in quality care. We learned that most individuals already have someone in a supporter role involved in their diabetes management. Supporters are an important part of the care team and can help improve understanding of treatment plans and aid in decision making. 
To find out how you can integrate supporters into your practice, check out the Co-Impact Trial Toolkit in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash the huddle. Membership at ADCES gives you access to the education, networking, and resources to improve your practice and optimize outcomes for your clients. Find out what ADCES can do for you at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.